Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hello, and welcome to Sailing and Cruising the East Coast of the United States. I'm Bela Musitz. And I'm Mike Wasserman. This is our podcast about sailing the East Coast of the United States. In some episodes, we'll focus on passages and destinations. In other episodes, we will talk about boats, equipment, and techniques. And when we come across an interesting person, we'll try to get them as a guest on the show. Before we dive into this episode, we need to say a special thank you to our supporters. Several listeners are supporting the podcast using Patreon. If you would like to join them, you can go to patreon.com forward slash sailing the east. Thanks for the update, Bela. And yeah, thanks to our supporters. Now, today, I'm really excited to hear who we are talking with on this episode. Yeah, our guest today is Jeff Wedding. Jeff is a longtime podcaster and a Chesapeake Bay sailor. His podcast about sailing, titled Shooting the Breeze, has been around since 2014 and has over 165 episodes. Jeff and I had a great conversation all about sailing and some about podcasting as well. Yeah, this is a cool idea, Bela. It's neat to see two sailing podcasters kind of sharing some stories. Now, I'm going to imagine that this is going to be a pretty interesting conversation. I'm not sure who's going to wind up interviewing who on this one, but let's get right to your conversation with Jeff Wedding. Hey, Jeff, this is Bela. Nice to meet you. Hey, Bella. I'm Jeff. Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. So two longtime podcasters. Uh, yep. I've been following your podcast for a number of years, and it was uh, probably one of the many that inspired me to start my own. So thank you. Oh, well, no problem. Thank you. Yeah, I've definitely listened to uh, over, I would probably say between half dozen and a dozen. I was kind of going through your playlist like, oh, I, I didn't mean, didn't listen to this one. Didn't listen yeah. to that one either, but I did listen to a bunch of them. And uh I just think it's kind of funny. We also end up on the same guest here and there. Yes. <laughs> Within the same few weeks or months. So, uh, yeah, we're definitely uh, in the game, as it were. You know, the podcast. Yeah. When I started podcasting, sailing, you know, me and Andy Shell kind of started not exactly the same time. He had one before a different podcast, and then he started the sailing one, and I came yeah. along a few months later. But at the time, he was living in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and uh, I just moved away from there. That's where I grew up. And he grew up a couple miles up up the way in Reading area. And I'm like, how did two sailing podcasters come from the same, you know, yeah. 
area yeah. where there's no water except for an hour and a half away you know? right but uh right. yeah it was uh definitely back then there was like what four five podcasts yeah. now there's probably more like 20 yeah <laughs> yeah well there's still fewer podcasts than there are youtube channels that, that is definitely the truth <laughs> right. right and and only a very few are making any reasonable amount of money. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. There are there are labors of love in, in, for the most yeah. part. Yeah, there was. Uh, I mean, I started watching Delos. I think in 2013, 2014, like right around the time I started the podcast, and I had interviewed a friend of mine from Baltimore, and he's like got YouTube up on his like 70 inch screen TV. I'm like, hey, that's pretty cool. You know, you're watching YouTube. What are you watching? He's like. Oh man, sailing videos. What you've never seen Drake Paragon? You yeah. know, you've never seen Delos? And I'm like, uh, no, I've never have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is it is amazing how how this medium is now available to anybody. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Whether it be podcasting or YouTube, right? It's I mean, 20 years ago you couldn't do that. Right. It was yeah, impossible. Yeah. It cost, you know, you have to buy $50,000 worth of equipment and and mm. there's and there was no place to stream it. Oh <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. For I mean, sure. it it really is remarkable and some of the stuff is really good. Oh yeah. I mean, holy crap. I mean, I look at like the Delos ones and uh, a whole bunch of them. I look at the and and uh, like Delos and um uh, that husband and wife team uh who weren't sailors. I'm drawing the winds. The Gone with the Winds, yeah, yeah. Gone with the Winds, right? And and you look at the production quality. That's just two examples. It's it's like a it's like watching a sitcom, a a thirty minute sitcom every week, and yeah. these people are pumping those things out every week. Oh yeah, it's I crazy. Can't, you know the amount of time they must spend is incredible. And when I first started watching Dallas, I think in real time they were like around episode sixty something when I started watching, and I was like, no, I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch them all and then try and catch up. And you, I can see the progression because by the time I caught up, then they were getting into like a hep, episode 100. And yeah. when Guy Curl came along, he was like in the game of video editing and, and right. manipulation or whatever. Like he, once he got in the mix and started showing them and helping them out, it was like this corner had been turned. Yeah. <laughs> now all of a sudden there's like slow-mo and, and, you know, these real action shots. And, and you could tell the editing game had just been quadrupled you know what i mean yeah and to yeah, that so, to that end is probably when i stopped trying to make youtube videos because how many times can you watch me sail up and down the northeast river on my right. 26 foot boat <laughs> and make right. it look interesting you know yeah yeah and and some of those are it's it like reminds me of when i was a kid and watching jacques cousteau you know mm -hmm. with his underwater photography and stuff Oh yeah, and, sure. and some some of these channels just is, or National Geographic, they're just great. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Great. Once once the the cameras like once the GoPro really got really good and they started you know being able to take them underwater and then they had you know after that kind of exploded. There's I don't even know what cameras they're using now, but the whole 4K thing came in, yeah. and uh, when that happened, then it was like game over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think hey. I have a a gopro hero 3 that's clamped up to my uh cabinet over here that i haven't used in about six years <laughs> yeah yeah so back to lancaster so i'll yeah, give yeah. you an i'll give you another data point so Ooh. for for many many years i lived in allentown oh really wow yeah. and, nice. and, my, and my wife went to school at kutztown oh really yeah, wow, yeah, my uh, my stepson almost went to Kutztown. He went to Shippensburg instead. Yes, that, they were big rivals. 
yeah, yeah. And I went to Millersville, so you yeah. know, for 13 plus years. <laughs> so I was in the state system of higher education. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I spent some time as a kid. My dad was in a uh, like a new wave kind of rock band back in the 80s. And uh, they would play at the airport music hall and open up for like bigger names up in Red at in Allentown and you know, definitely up at the silo in Reading and different places like that. So I was like 13, 14 running around those towns uh, following him around. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Chesapeake Bay. Because sure. I've done a fair amount of sailing there. I've chartered there a bunch of times. Okay. Uh, uh, the out of Rock Hall predominantly. Okay. And I took my wife and I took our ASA 101, 102, 104 out of Haver de Grace. Oh wow, Bay Sail. Yeah. 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 Yes, Bay Sail. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the the Chesapeake is is really great, and I thought one of the things we could do a little bit is talk about sort of the differences between the Chesapeake Bay and Narragansett Bay, <laughs> which yeah, is yeah. where where my boat is now. Now, yeah, yeah. You know? And and I'll tell you one of the big differences is on the Narragansett Bay, pretty much every, I would say five out of seven afternoons, you're gonna get a sea breeze oh, that yeah. that starts building around one o'clock. Right. And it'll typically gets up to 20 knots by four o'clock in the, you know, in the afternoon and yeah. stays at 20 till about five or six, and then it starts dying off. Right. And and I I don't remember that sea breeze on the Chesapeake. I remember being there sometimes in July and August, and man, was it hot and there was no wind. Yeah, yeah. And uh, whichever way you want to go, that's the way the wind's going to come from. So right. Want to head south? Guess what? You're getting a south wind. And if you want to head back home, then guess what? It turns around and now it's coming out of the north. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. would be uh, that would be heaven if you could like really rely on a on a sea breeze like that. And uh, the only time I've seen it in person, in 2015, we ran an overnight race. Um, so in, in the big scheme of things on the Chesapeake Bay, there's a race called the Governor's Cup. And all the nice, big, expensive boats from Annapolis leave and go down to St. Mary's or somewhere way down south on the bay. And that's the Governor's Cup. So we ran a thing uh, through Walden Rigging, which were friends of mine. Uh, called the Sippy Cup. Yes. <laughs> and we would run from Northeast to Annapolis because now there's suddenly there's transient slips available. Right. <laughs> so these other boats are off in the thing. So we did an overnight race and uh, I was not thinking in terms of sea breeze. You know, I'm looking at the forecast. And I'm like, well, the, you know, the wind's coming out of the kind of the Southwest and uh, that's perfect for me. You know, so I hugged the Western shore going past Aberdeen Proving Ground. <laughs> and as soon as it got dark, 8 39 o'clock man the wind just died and now all of a sudden it's coming out of the east southeast which is a sea breeze and i'm on a lee shore <laughs> so everybody else who you know was smarter than i was and kind of went to the eastern side <laughs> yeah we're now way ahead of me because now i had to get over there you know and that filled in right until like three four o'clock in the morning till it died off and that's it just we just don't see it during the day you know we'll yeah. see it i guess in the middle of the night when nobody's ever out sailing but uh that surprised me and i was like wow i didn't even think of that yeah so i'm trying to figure out where you're where you're located on on the bay so as i remember a little north of rock hall the channel splits uh one one to i guess it's the east and the other to the west uh well and which 
yeah, it kind of splits there outside of Haver de Grace. Um, so there's that big open area outside of Haver de Grace, yeah. Susquehanna Flats. Yes. Kind of to the eastern side of that when you get up there. So you can, there's a marker out there. We call it the A marker, and it's kind of the delineation. So you can either go left and go to Haver de Grace, or you can go right and go up the Sassafras, or you can go a little bit in between left and center, and that's the Northeast River. Ah. Uh, to the right and center is the Elk River. And in the middle, of that's the Turkey Point Lighthouse. Um, so, yeah, the, if you go up the Elk River, that takes you up to the Bohemia and then the C&D Canal. And that's where the shipping channel runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, we're kind of like in no man's land in between Haver de Grace. Got it. Okay. Now, now I know up, where you are. Right. Yeah, all the way up the Northeast River. And a lot of people shy away from it because it doesn't get you anywhere other than Northeast and Charlestown. Uh, but it's all blue on the map, on the chart. So it looks like it's less than six feet all over the place. But it really isn't. There's a channel that runs up past the points, which is, you know, eight to 15 foot deep. And even where you get up to where we are, and I mean, unless it's like a really low tide, like if it's been blowing out of the northeast for three days, then it might be a problem. But uh, yeah. you know, usually it's seven, eight feet deep all the way up through there. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, I, I, I've been up to Haverty Grace, and then uh, I haven't been any further up than that because there's a bridge up there, I think, that's not too far past Haverty Grace. Well, if, if you go past Haverty Grace, yeah, that's the Susquehanna River. You're kind of entering the base of it, and there are bridges there, and I've not gone that way, but if you look at the chart, it gives you the air draft of those bridges, yeah. and uh, theoretically, I guess we could sail up there, but I've just never chanced it. Yeah. <laughs> there might yeah. be a lifting bridge in there that has to be up. And yeah. uh, just never, never went up that way. Plus, it gets, sure. you could probably go maybe a mile or two, maybe not even two, probably a mile, mile and a quarter, and then it starts shallowing up and getting rocky. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I've been up the C, I've been through the C and D canal a couple of times. Uh, so that's, that's not a bad trip. Yeah. I think that was one of the ones I, I listened to one or two of them where you were kind of making that, that transit. Yeah. Through there and then up through the coast, I guess, through New Jersey and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brought the boat up from Florida. Yeah. 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 Friend. So that friend of mine who who bought a boat, right? He's never sailed in his life. This is one of those great stories. Right. Yeah. And his son, who was in college at the time, was like super into sailing, was on the college sailing team, you know, yeah. racing those little dinghies or whatever they race. So yeah. they decide to buy a boat. They bought a Passport 40, knew wow. nothing about sailing. And and uh, so I went down to help them bring the boat up from Florida. So yeah, that yeah. was that was quite a trip. It was oh, quite yeah, a trip. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's one thing for me. Uh, I'm a bay sailor. I've never actually sailed outside of the Chesapeake Bay other than the Susquehanna River. Yeah. Uh, but I've never been ocean sailing. I've been out on the ocean on fishing boats. And uh, like my my ex's father, you know, 15 years ago had a. 26 foot Trojan that we would go out on like dolphin runs or whatever out of Lewis, Delaware, and just go out in the ocean, like two or three miles. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes go fishing out there, but yeah, I've never actually sailed in the ocean other than we took a dinner cruise when we went to the Virgin islands right before the pandemic on a catamaran. Yeah. <laughs> that was nothing. Yeah. That was just like a, a two hours out and an hour back or whatever type of thing. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not, uh, you know, I don't want to say I'm not qualified. <laughs> Because I've been sailing since 2002, but, uh, you know, I've never actually been on passage or, you know, I've never yeah. been out in big waves or anything like that. Yeah. 
Well, that friend of mine and his son, they just sailed from Newport to uh, Horta in the Azores. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. so they, they've been, they actually left this morning. Oh, wow. Horta, and they're heading to Spain. Spain, so, wow. I mean, they have, they have really uh, stepped it up a few notches. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, I interviewed them for the podcast, so their episodes will actually come out before this one. Uh, oh, okay. But uh, so, uh, yeah, that's quite, they, they, they quite adventurous. And I'll tell you, I, I've done a couple of passages, not a lot uh, of them, right. but it's much more relaxing sailing out in the ocean when you're, you know, five, 10 miles offshore. There's nothing to hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no other yeah. boats. It, right. It's, it's, it's. You you set a point you set a point of sail and there's like nothing to do it's boring yeah, right it, it's very very different because I also I also did a trip from uh, Halifax to Newport uh, oh wow uh, and uh, so that was that involved like uh, I think it was three nights to get from Halifax down to Boston three, yeah, you know, yeah. three days of continuous sailing right and it's it's just it's just a totally different animal and and if you can do it I would. Just, I mean, I'd highly recommend it. I don't think you got to do one, you know, a 10 day passage, right, right? But even just to go out and even do an overnight, it's like hey. unbelievable. Um, overnight is just spectacular. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think I was bemoaning that fact at a boat show to Andy, Shell, and a couple other people that I'd never been out in the ocean. But I was also telling them about those overnight race. We did like two of those overnight races, and he's like, you know, if you're in, in, three to six foot waves on the bay at three o'clock in the morning and you're dodging trawlers and, and right. you're dodging uh, barges right. and ships and trying to figure out what lights these are. And, you know, I think you're, you're qualified. You're you, it, it on the bay. I, I mean, I don't go out on Narragansett Bay at night. I didn't yeah. go out on, on, on Chesapeake at night. It's just too yeah. confusing. There's, yeah, yeah. And I don't care if you have a GPS and a AIS and all that crap, man. Right, right, it's right, right. Just, there's so much stuff around. And I can't tell the difference between a red light, a yeah. flashing red light on land at an intersection and a mm -hmm. red buoy. Buoy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it was, you mentioned Rock Hall. When I remember that one night we were out sailing. And again, it's two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. There's kind of a shallow sandbar, sandbar area right there off of uh, Haverty, or um, Rock Hall, and right, so yeah. the waves kind of stack up. So all of a sudden, like we're smooth sailing, and next thing you know, like waves are crashing over the bow. It's like what's happening, you know? Well, there's a range light south of of Rock Hall, and it's just this like deep red orb. And as we're passing it, because I was right in direct line with it, I'm like, this thing looks like it's. 30 feet off my, you know what I mean? It's just, it looks like it's right there. And I'm trying to yeah. figure out what it is, you know? And then I finally dawned on me that it's the range light that's like three miles away. And I'm like, this is crazy. You know, it looks like yeah. it's right here. Yeah. Hey, so <laughs> what, got, what got you started in sailing? Tell me the story. Oh boy. So 2002, uh, I worked with a gentleman named Tom. And uh, I was kind of, again, bemoaning the fact that we had vacation, like I had vacation over July 4th week. And I'm like, you know, I, I really don't have any money, but I want to go camping, but I want to go somewhere new. And I was thinking about going down to Elk Neck, which is right down there on the Northeast River by Turkey Point. And there's a state park there. And I'm like, even, you know, $2,002 to, to camp there for the night was like 35 bucks. I'm like, if, if I go there for a week, it's still going to cost me $300 and I want to rent a kayak and do all this stuff. 
And I don't know. I don't think I was actually talking to Tom directly. He was just kind of there. And he's like, well, hey, I have a sailboat down on the on the bay right near there. We're literally two miles up from there. I'm like, oh, wow, cool. You know, he's like, why don't you come out with me and, uh, you know, we'll go do some sailing. I'm like, all right. You know, that sounds cool. I said, should I come down just on the weekend? He's like, no. He's like, if we leave Saturday, we can go down to Annapolis and uh, spend the night and come back on Tuesday. And I'm like, like mind blown, like, oh, your boat's big enough that we can sleep on it. He's like, oh, yeah, no problem. So that was kind of the the, the meat of it. I got my buddy, Chris, uh, who at the time lived down by Annapolis. And I'm like, I called him. I'm like, hey, do you want to do this trip? Because I'll come pick you up on Friday night. You leave your car over there somewhere and we'll sail down and then you can go back to work on Monday. Yeah. And he's like, well, that sounds like fun, you know. Uh, so that's what we did, you know, and I didn't have much of a concept of sailboats uh like i think my uncle had some kind of sunfish or other when i was a kid and you know i remember seeing them at the state parks because we did a lot of camping when i was a kid and we did a lot of canoeing and whatnot but i'd never been sailing and then my grandfather actually had like an 18 foot i don't even know what brand it was i have a picture of it stuffed somewhere in a photo album and uh i don't know that he sailed it necessarily but he had like a radio and he would play with that and he would take it and he had it on different slips down in port deposit on the river and it was one of those things where i was like early 20s you know i had a kid i was working three jobs and and whatnot and it was like i just never got to go sure with and then he passed away and it was like uh, it was one of these like holes in my heart type of deal you know so when he said about sailboat i'm like wow that sounds great you know And but I didn't really have a concept of, you know, it was a 26 foot McGregor. It's not really a yacht. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when I got down there, I'm like, the boat was out on a morning. We had to take a, a rubber dinghy out to to get it. And then we just had like a 9.9 horsepower on the back. And that was enough. You know, you needed that. You needed a cooler and, and some breakfast treats or something. Right. right. <laughs> and off we went. And it was just yeah. amazing to me that. Uh, I mean, aside from the cost of entry, it wasn't really costing that much. You know, right. What do we do? Buy five gallons of gas, you know, a couple cereal bars and, and some water, you know, in case of beer or whatever. And that was it. That was your weekend. As opposed to, like I said, spending three, four hundred dollars to go camping and renting a kayak and doing this and doing that. Like once you paid for the boat, there wasn't a lot of maintenance on it, you know, and paint the bottom every year or whatever. So that was kind of the 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 start of it all because we took this trip and we had a great time and i just remember sleeping uh we left annapolis went up to the bodkin creek which is outside of baltimore and literally we just pulled up to the fuel dock and said to the dock guy because it was monday or whatever he's like hey if we give you 25 bucks can we spend the night and they're like sure here's the here's the shower pass here's the pool pass (laughs) you know the bar is right up there the happy hour starts at five you know and it it was, it was like, wow, this is fun. We spent all night hanging out there, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. We go down to the dock, and I'm literally laying in the in the cabin, but we had the hatches open, and I'm just, like, laying there looking at the stars, like, falling asleep. I'm like, this is this is just awesome, you know. And uh, that was kind of – it. that got me interested. Following yeah. summer, I went down for one more day, and then it was the third summer. So 2004, we went out for another overnight. Uh, there's an island outside of Havre de Grace called Sand Island. And uh, a bunch of people from this boat club that my friend 
was part of were from the Westchester area. And I guess they just had a big party where they got like three pontoon boats, loaded them up with everything. Me and my buddy Tom were on his boat. His buddies were on a different boat. And then there was like a third boat and a fourth boat. And we all just congregated there. And, and you know, we're on the beach. We got tarps set up. There's like three grills going. You know, we're just having a great time. And then literally you wade out to the boat that's sitting in two feet of water. <laughs> you know, and then you crash out, you know. And to me, and that was fun and pretty inspiring because I don't think we used the motor at all. We just literally uh, put up the head sail, sailed off the mooring. It took us three, three and a half hours to sail down to the island, threw the hook out, dropped the sail. Next morning, put the sail back up, sailed back. And, you know, I was just like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And shortly thereafter, I, I ended up buying a, a 25 foot McGregor. So that was my uh, entry boat. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. And, so uh, been, and uh, 20, yeah, 21 years, I guess. Yeah. And and what do you have now? I have an O'Day 302. Oh, nice. Uh, 1987. So it's uh, one of those gray hauled O'Days. Um, most times you'll see a 322, which is like the bigger cousin of the 302. But as far as I'm aware, they're still making 302s in Japan. Like somebody bought the molds and the designs and everything, and, and they still make wow. them over there. Wow. Uh, I don't know that 100%, but that's what I've heard. Because uh, yeah. O'Day ceased production, I guess, in 1990 or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's a great bay boat. This is my fourth boat. And this one I actually got for free. Uh, a friend of mine had it. He had a, a Columbia 28, I believe, somewhere in like 2008 2009 era and uh, you know we were sailing buddies and something hit his boat on the mooring and damaged it to the point where they totaled it so he got a fat insurance check and and this boat was for sale up at the northeast river yacht club and he bought it used it for two three years but then in 2011 or 2012 uh, he had to move he moved to california and i uh, said so this boat sat and i guess the theory was that his other friend was going to try and sell it for him and take a you know take after it keep it up and that just didn't happen so it ended up sinking in the stands basically and it got shuffled around the yard a few times sure and he just never did anything with it so in 2018 i got wind of him i was kind of loosely looking for another boat i had a pace ship 26 that i had from 2009 on and i really love that boat but me and my wife went out on it with the dog and it was like, we can sit here. <laughs> this spot right. we can sit in. And, right. and that's it. Kind of loosely in the back of my head, like, yeah, maybe I can find like an Endeavor 32 or something that's, you know, cheap, a couple thousand bucks. And uh, I got wind that this one, he was let going to let it go for a song. Uh, so I looked at it and I gave him a call and he's like, well, you know, they're going for 15,000 on Yacht World. I'm like, mm not this one sorry right good luck <laughs> like I said, it's been sitting there's water in it there's mold everywhere like the standing rigging's all falling apart you know i don't even know what else is wrong with it sure so i politely declined i said thanks but no thanks and uh, he was in a pinch and he was moving in like two and a half weeks to texas this time and he's like what if i just give it to you because i know you're going to use it i know you'll bring it back and you'll fix it up and it'll you know be a great boat again He's like, I just don't have the time. I'm not going to pay anybody to fix it, to try and sell it. And, you know, all this hassle that he would have to go through. Plus, he's paying storage on it and everything sure. else. Yeah. 
so yeah, I got the uh, quote unquote free boat. Uh, I think I paid one of the other members a couple hundred bucks that he had kind of loosely had keeping an eye on it for the last couple of years. And that was it. You know, I spent uh, 17,000 over the last three years after that, getting it fixed up, getting new sails, getting the engine gone over, getting the rigging redone, yada, 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 you know, all the, all the things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Drop the keel right. a couple of times. Uh, you right. know, the first four times I tried to launch the boat, it started sinking on me because all the through hauls were rotted out and the keel was, didn't have any backing through it and you know all that kind of fun stuff so right, right. once i got it floating it was great you know yeah your your seventeen thousand dollar free boat free boat exactly <laughs> <laughs> my wife, wife keeps saying you know well you could have spent 15 on it and spent 17 on top of it you know that's true so that's true you know be, beware the free boat though you know yeah I, I like the way your wife thinks though i like the way your wife thinks <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah yeah but it's definitely an upgrade from uh the patient the pay ship i think sailed better it was a 74 and it had more of a classic hull shape to it and a fin keel and i mean literally it just it you could feel it kind of go and it would find its groove and then that was it you could just hold on to it lightly and it would just keep going uh this one's a little more tender where the wind gusts all of a sudden you're like whoop <laughs> you're yeah. over and it yeah. kind of comes back and then it finds its way you know but still a great sailing boat i like the layout got the the cabin in the back kind of along the side and then the cabin v-berth up front little galley you know kind of separated from everything and i still have two full bench seats on either side with a table that i can sure. sit at <laughs> yeah that sounds very nice yeah very nice and it's and it's just crazy because it came with everything you know i got the hot water heater it had the autopilot which sadly stopped working this year but uh, or last year uh, but it's got a full canvas enclosure. And I'm like, when I'm pulling this stuff wow. out of the tubs, I'm like, what is this? You know, I mean, this is like, if I had to get this enclosure and all the canvas redone, it would cost me 10 grand. You know, it's That's like, right. and the Dodgers, I've been sewing it every year. <laughs> Bimini, the same thing, but all the side panels and everything are in pristine condition because I hardly ever use them. And I guess they never really used them either, you know. Yeah. So just, it has the right Yanmar engine in it. Uh, you know, all that stuff. I, I take umbrage with some of the decisions they made when they engineered the thing. But other than that, you know, it's a very nice free boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds great. Sounds like a perfect boat for the bay. Oh, yeah, for sure. And does it have a swing keel or is it fixed? It's one of these fixed wing keels. Oh, okay. And it kind of sits. I've looked at like Catalinas and stuff and they have kind of a longer wing to it this thing is very stubby and very wide and it sits almost underneath the mast like it's just kind yeah. of a weird configuration when you look at it uh, like i said i've looked at other catalinas and stuff that have the the wing keel and i don't know they say it's a lifting keel so when you get underway it forces pressure up to whatever uh, it's 80s technology yeah 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 <laughs> Fuck, you know yeah Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. So you have any, uh, you have any uh, sailing trips planned this summer? Uh, this summer, I do not really. I'm kind of in between. I bought, well, the company I worked for closed down uh, mm. in April. And so I found myself suddenly needing a job, and uh, which sucks because I had gone back there because they gave me my time back and I had four weeks vacation. And if I made it to the 62, I would have had five weeks of vacation. You know, uh, now suddenly I'm starting over. But uh, Bryant Garrell, he started the Upper Chesapeake Bay Facebook group. And I did a podcast with him like five years ago. And we did a bunch of Zoom calls over the pandemic that he sponsored. And, you know, we've been friends online for a long time. Uh, He's an HVAC manager for a mechanical contractor down in Towson, Maryland, which is like 40 minutes south of here. And, uh, you know, he reached out. He's like, do you want to be an HVAC tech? And I'm like, "Uh," (laughs) you know, I had some building maintenance experience and things like that. And I just told him, I said, you know, I've changed filters, belts, greased motors, done all this kind of stuff. But if you want me to be the guy that shows up at somebody's house because their system's not working, right. you know, that's not me. <laughs> He's like, Oh, you'll figure it out. You know, we'll send you to training, whatever. And then we'll give you a van. Cause I was like, I don't feel like driving my car another 20 minutes right. you know, extra. Right. And he's like, Oh, we'll give you a van. Don't worry about that. And wow. all this, every time I brought up a, a, an issue, he's like, uh, you know, he delayed it with something else. I'm like, all right, I'll give it a try. You know what I mean? Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at now. I just uh, got through my first 90 days there and just actually started taking vacation. I took a couple days this week to originally, I thought we might get out for like a five day trip. Um, but just with the weather and the, the storms every day, and I got all these house projects that I've been putting off. So I nixed that sailing trip and, uh, I only have like another week. So we're taking a week between, uh, my stepson's getting married October 7th and the Annapolis boat show is the next weekend. So I figure I'll just take that week. And if I haven't hauled the boat by then, maybe I'll either haul it. I'm actually considering maybe taking the boat to Annapolis, uh, and then hot footing at home on Sunday, because that's one of the uh, things my wife, my wife's dad and stepmom and family used to live in Annapolis. So we always had a place to go. Past three or four years, it's like I'm trying to get, uh, you know, Airbnbs and, and yeah. hotels, and bad hotels near Baltimore Airport because I'm always too late and trying to book them. You know, I'm like, wouldn't it be so nice if I just brought the boat and threw the anchor and and there it yeah. was. You know, so I'm considering that. I haven't uh, decided yet if I'm going to do that. Um, but anyway, I, I have some long weekends between here and there, so I'm hoping to get out at least a couple times overnight just in the local area. I had one in, in June where we had like a micro cruise uh, at Hanson's Point Yacht Club where I belong. And uh, we had like eight boats and uh, we just literally went across the river, <laughs> dropped the hook. And then we had 23 people on uh, my friend's Island Packet 380. <laughs> wow. With uh, 
you know, we had food, we had drinks, and then my friend Matt came over with ice cream from his boat because he just put a freezer in. <laughs> wow, very nice. He even, he even put ice cream truck music on his when he was dinging it back <laughs> over. <laughs> That's pretty so, good. Yeah, we had a, uh, you know, we had a really good time. So I'm kind of looking forward to doing a little bit more of that uh, this year, and then hopefully next year I'll get back to usually in the past, you know, the, for the past, well, 13, 14 years, I've been going at least for a week. Uh, back in 2012, I think it was my big trip. Uh, I went out by myself, but I was with two other boats and I was out for 12 days and we made it all the way down to uh, Tangier Island, uh, which is in Virginia. And yeah. uh, that was some pretty good because we had some, uh, we hold up in, in uh, Solomon's Island because of uh, small craft advisories you know, it was kind of like, okay, Tuesday, there's going to be a small craft advisory. So Wednesday we'll leave. Well, <laughs> Wednesday was a small craft advisory and Thursday was a small craft advisory. Right. So kind of like, well, we got to go if we're going to go. So we might as well just leave. And, uh, you know, that was some sporty conditions uh, to be single handing a 26 foot boat around the middle part yeah. of the bay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that was like my big trip. But yeah, we've been uh, all over, um, at least from like Oxford up. So I've been to Oxford, I've been to St. Michael's, I've been to Rock Hall, I've been to Annapolis, South River, West River, Rhodes River. Uh, I haven't been into Baltimore proper yet, but we go into like Bodkin Creek. And then, uh, of course, uh, there's Wharton Creek, Fairley yeah. Creek, Still Pond, you know, up into the Bohemia and the Sassafras and Georgetown. And I've never actually gone to Haver de Grace either. We've gone up to Sand Island a bunch of times, but I've never actually stayed the night in uh, Haver de Grace. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they're all the thing about the Northeast River is, I mean, it's four or five hours to anywhere. <laughs> you know, if you're going to yeah. go to Still Pond, that's a whole afternoon uh, into the evening yeah. of sailing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we tend to split it up. But I have motored back from St. Michael's twice now in one shot, and that's a 10 or 11 hour trip. Wow. And you know, one of the stuff. one of the great things about that I remember about the Chesapeake is that there's just so many great anchorages. It's like everywhere yeah. there's a little nook and cranny that you can pull into and it's oh, mud. Yeah. <laughs> you can get a reasonable yeah. hold. Yep. And and that I miss that because the the Narragansett's not like that, right? There's like there's that. very few there's actually very few anchorages, at least okay. the ones that I have found. And yeah, yeah. I got to tell you, when I anchor, I get anchor anxiety. <laughs> I don't, I don't sleep well, but yeah, yeah. on the Chesapeake, the, these little coves are so well protected, you know, yeah. on like almost, you know, like 340 degrees, they're protected. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, I miss that. I really miss that. Oh yeah. We, and I've been through some, uh, some blows already where like we knew it was coming type of thing. Yeah. And we would go all the, like the one time it was in September and it was one of these cold fronts was coming through and it was dropping from like 75, 80 to the next day was going to be like 45. Yeah. And, I mean, that wind came in and, and we were tucked away up in the Sassafras River. And, yeah. You no, know, it blew like hell. You know, it's still we had pretty good protection. And yeah, there's just all those creeks. And it's almost like it's to the point, you know, I've been sailing for 20 years and there's many creeks within two days sail that I've never been up, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you know, I was thinking you were talking about doing uh, HVAC stuff. Yeah. Uh, a, a friend of mine and his wife, uh, probably 25, uh, 30 years ago, sold yeah. everything, bought a catamaran, 
and, yeah, yeah. and, and they've been sailing or actually I interviewed them for the podcast uh-huh. and the first year they were out on, and on the, on a catamaran, they were down in Florida and she took a Marine HV AC course, course you know, it was uh, like 10 weeks or something. And she worked yeah, yeah. for a company for like a year while they wow. were down kind of in Florida outfitting the boat and doing that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And this is how, she, this is how they pay for it now because people, every place she goes, somebody's... people need air conditioning. <laughs> right. Yep. And, and so it's worked out really well. And that, you know, pays really great and she works yeah. when she wants to and when she doesn't want to she doesn't and they hop off to another island or something and boy go. i tell you those those trades are really important and, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and they're great ways to sort of you know make make a living oh yeah yeah and i thought about it too because you know after a couple of years here i'll be a journeyman and you can pretty much yeah. go wherever and do whatever you want yeah and you know my boss is always in the in the facebook group i just a couple of weeks ago somebody was like hey my Boat air conditioner is not working. I'm exactly. Like, oh, Freon, you know, and he's like, oh, it's probably not that. It's probably something else, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, I've heard, uh, I don't know if you have listened to uh, Franz at the Sailing in the Mediterranean and yeah. Beyond podcast, but I remember him telling stories of, of being in Turkey trying to find somebody, right. anybody that would work on his uh, refrigeration issue. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, it's it's definitely something I've considered down the line. Like, I'm a fairly mechanical. Um, believe me, I I look at guys that are really mechanical. I'm like, that's not me. But uh, you know, I I know how to turn a wrench. I, I've gotten my diesel engine up and working when it wasn't, and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm sort of handy with the fiberglassing and and stuff like that. So I think when I'm a little bit older and it's time to like try and find something different, maybe I'll find a a hidey hole in a marina and just say, yeah, open for business. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you ever, do you ever think about, uh, you know, selling everything and living on a boat full time? Uh, definitely considered it, thought about it kind of in the, in the, in, I guess in, in the real world, cause it sounds great, you know, and if you're cruising, like you're actually going from place to place, to place, to place, to place, to place, that sounds great. Uh, but I've kind of, gotten to the point where i'm like unless it's a really big boat <laughs> yeah i like my house <laughs> yeah i like having a garden i like having the lawn i like uh air conditioning i like the sofa i like the couch i like my office nook uh you know so i'm kind of in the you know obviously i'm i'm a ways away from retiring or doing anything like that but uh i don't think i would sell everything i think i would yeah. try and figure out a way to like maybe six months on the boat, six months off the boat or something like that. Uh, because believe me, even going out in the bay for a week and like those 12 days on day 12, I'm ready to go home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, ready I, to be comfortable and you yeah. know, that sort of thing. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I'm like you. I, yeah, yeah. I don't think I can see myself living on a boat 12 months a year. Right. Uh, I, I could definitely see, living on it for, you know, two, three weeks, four weeks, I could even see yeah. taking it down to Florida or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, right. But, you know, Florida's easy. You can take it halfway and hop off and fly home for a couple of weeks. I, I like my house. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And even, even though I have a pretty good sized boat and the bed's nice and comfortable, my yeah. bed at home is more comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we'll see, uh, you know, once I get my kind of vacation reestablished in a couple of years, I, I had always thought about all right, if I got, say I got four weeks vacation, yeah, I could take two or whatever, some version of that and like 
go to like because I really want to go to like Block Island and, and up your yeah. way. Especially in the summer. My friend Luke has been doing it on a, one of our boats at the Yacht Club. He's actually in Maine for like the third season in a row. It's not even his boat. He's just kind of taking care of it and, you know, playing along. Uh, but I was thinking, you know, maybe I could do like two weeks up, two weeks back or a week up, leave it sit, come back, do another week, go somewhere else, put it somewhere for a couple of weeks, come back. Sure. You know, and, and eat up those four weeks kind of doing a, a big round kind of Long Island type of trip or something like that. That's not terribly far. I would go down the ICW, but I think once you get to the end of the bay, there's a kind of a big gap between going somewhere where you can actually sail. Right. Uh, you know, unless you're going offshore, but uh, going up north, if you can t make that jaunt from uh, Cape May to uh, Block Island, uh, yep. sh should be doable in, in a 30 foot o day. You know what I mean? Given the yep. right weather conditions, and trying, you know, the hard part to that, I guess, is keeping to a schedule that's a week at a time. But that was right. one of the things I had thought about. And then what I also want to do and will happen one of these years is i'm going to either charter like in the vvi for a week or i'm going to get on board uh like sail libra or one of andy's boats or something on on some kind of passage yeah um, libra is nice because he kind of structures it saturday to saturday whereas andy's a little more loosey-goosey and and you know it might be 10 days it might be right. 12 days right. who knows you know what i mean right uh but Libra is a nice boat. I, I met Captain Ryan Rayfield. I interviewed him even before I met him. And then he came up to Baltimore a couple summers ago. I was able to check out the boat and it's a nice boat. Um, and so anyway, that's kind of in my back of my mind what, you know, I'll take a week in the next year or two and, and do one of those kind of trips. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, you know, coming, coming up, for, coming up from set from where you are up to here, uh, you can do that without doing any overnights. Cause you can go Cape May to Atlantic city right then atlantic city to sandy hook yep and then sandy hook through the east river new york yep. city into long island sound yep. so you can do it on day hops, day uh, hops. If, yeah. if you don't want to sail overnight or you don't want to go out you know right. sort of because uh cape, cape may to block island you're you're offshore oh yeah yeah that's a, that's you know? a good two-day trip offshore yeah yeah you're offshore yeah. which is fine but yeah, you know yeah. that's that's sort of a different level of uh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, anxiety. <laughs> anxiety. Yeah, yeah. yeah my, like I said, my friend, uh, my friend Luke, and, and my friend Julie. Um, you know, they're both. Well, Julie's an actual captain and instructor. Luke's just been around enough to know <laughs> better. You know what I mean? And uh, the last three summers, one of our members has a Saber thirty-eight, and actually did the uh, Annapolis to Newport race this year. Oh, nice. Yeah. And. Then, once they finished that race, they just kept going and, and the boats up in Maine. The first year, they just kind of stayed right around Block Island, Mystic, kind of that area, came back. The second year, then they went all the way up to Newport and Gloucester and Maine. And now this year, they just skipped all that pretty much and went straight to Maine. <laughs> and then maybe they'll hit that on the way back or whatever. But uh, yeah. yeah, you know, they had some some sporty conditions uh, that I'm not so sure. I think my boat would handle it, but I don't know that I would. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the great thing is the weather forecast for like the next three days is pretty damn good. Good. Yeah. yeah. But, but once you get past three days, it's a crapshoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 If you can make it in those two to three day windows, right. you know, and have right. something you can, and even then they were like, yeah, it's, I think the one trip home, they were like, yeah, it was calling for like 15 to 20, but it was 30 to 35. <laughs> yeah. 
But you know, I, I find the limited experience I, I find is yeah. that it's it starts to get uncomfortable. Oh yeah. And and then if you're offshore, you you have no exit. I mean, you you're you're kind of stuck there, and you're not yeah. going to sleep well. Right. You're not going to get food. You know, you, you just start getting tireder and tireder. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm I'm at that age where I need my sleep. Sleep. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a friend so. of mine actually from high school. He used to be a pontoon boater, and he bought my old pace ship from me back in 2018 when I got the new boat. Uh, they actually upgraded last year to a uh, contest 36 or 37. Very nice boat. And they kind of walked into a, a great deal because my friend Ralph, who owned that boat, spent two years fixing it up because he was going to go offshore. Yeah. And he did all the hard work. And then they just, he decided he wanted a steel boat. And off he went and bought a steel boat and sold them this contest for a pretty good friend price, you know. So they have that boat. And, I don't know that they really have plans on taking it offshore, but I'm like, mm, in the back of my head, maybe I could uh, convince him <laughs> to yeah. do some kind of offshore trip on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the future. Cause that's, you know, that up, talking you know, about, talking about off, offshore, the, the trip I did from Nova Scotia down to Annapolis yeah. was, uh, you know, you've heard about the salty dogs, right? The salty yeah, yeah. dog sailing association. So they do a trip up North every year. Yeah. And so I, you can join the Salty Dogs Sailing Association as a associate member. Right, right, right. Then gives you access to their events and stuff. But also, yeah. a lot of those people are looking for crew. Crew, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's how I got to sail from from uh, Halif Halifax down to Baltimore. Was right. a guy went on the rally from from uh, Virginia up to. Right. Nova Scotia, and then his crew left, and he was looking for another person. And <laughs> yeah. so we connected, and and that, yeah. I, that was that's a great way to, yeah, yeah. to sort of get, you know, uh, some some of that type of experience under your belt. And yeah, it didn't yeah. cost me anything other than uh, airfare. Airfare, you know? yeah. So, and it but was only it, what, it was, three or four day trip, something like that. Uh, well, it no, it was longer than that because we went Halifax to to Boston. I actually went uh, through the Cape. Okay. Spent right. like uh, a couple days there waiting for weather, and then right. we went Long Island Sound through uh, New York City, which is like a trip that everybody should do. I mean, yeah, seeing yeah. New York City from a boat is just yeah, yeah. eye dropping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it was then it was Sandy Hook, then Sandy Hook all the we did nonstop Sandy Hook all the way up to the um, what's the first big anchorage when you're coming out of the canal. Uh, on the like, it would be the west east shore yeah uh, on on the chesapeake probably there's chesapeake city's kind of in the middle of the canal and then right no this is you come out of the canal you're in then, the chesapeake bay you're heading south it's probably bohemia it was, yeah it was one of those anyway we then, then yeah. we spent a couple days there waiting for weather and then from there uh -huh. we went to so it took it was it was seven eight days seven eight days okay yeah yeah, yeah. So we'll see what, uh, you know, like I said, if I can get into a, a charter situation, you know, I, my buddy, Tom, the, the guy that kind of wrote me into the whole sailing thing, like he spent a lot of time in like the nineties chartering boats down in the islands. And, you know, he's early on, you know, he's like showing me pictures and they, they had like some kind of video and I'm just like, Oh, this is awesome. You know? So someday that's, that's what I'm going to get into. Yeah. Uh, at least on a vacation kind of standpoint. You know what I mean? Yeah, we did. We did a fair amount of that, and a lot of it down down in Chesapeake. We also chartered down in 
uh, Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. uh, and I tell you, it's a great way to, it really helped us figure out the boat we want yeah. and, and what works for us, for my wife and I, <clears throat> you know, so, so when we said, okay, we're thinking about a boat, we went and chartered a whole bunch of different types of boats, you know, Catalinas, yeah. Island packets, hunters, right. you know, Benetos, Genos, kind of the ones that are sort of in our space yeah, range. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and, uh, so, okay, we don't like this. We like this, this yeah. works for us. So we had a, we came up with a list of, we got to have these things, right? Yeah. So there's certain things we wanted, we got to have, like, for example, we wanted to have a, a, a master cabin where we don't have to climb over the top of each other to get out of bed at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So that, yeah. it ha right. So that basically either says you got a big V berth yeah, yeah. or, or you have a fore and aft master cabin yeah. in the back. Back. Yeah, yeah. And, and the other thing that we had to have was we had to have a pass through stern. So, uh, yeah. so you can get on and off the boat really easy, whether it's yeah. from a dinghy or you're yeah. swimming or at the yeah. dock. Yeah. Right. So you're not have to climb. You're not, to, you don't have to get a step ladder out to get on the boat. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So we had a list of things like that, which then narrows it down really fast. Oh, yeah. Really fast. It gets you especially, focused, right? Yeah. Especially the transom. Cause either you get yeah. a sugar scoop. We have a sugar scoop, which I love. Right. Uh, I would get either a sugar scoop or a pass through and, and you're cutting out anything pre 1987 at that point. That's right. Pretty much, you know, that's right. And for, for, for me, looking for the cheaper boats, you know, that's kind of your, your wheelhouse is the mid 80s up through the early 90s. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? But yeah, that's once you decide and that's kind of where um, we had uh, for a long time, we had a, an old lift, like sling lift that we would pull with a tractor. And it limited our weight and our width for the boats we could launch. So we were literally 11 feet wide and like 20,000 pounds was tops, you know. So for a long time, for like two or three years, I was like looking, just idly looking, you know, I'd be at work looking at Craigslist or whatever. And uh, sailboat data, you know, checking out all these boats. Right, right. And I kind of landed on the Pearson 33 two which was like an 87 to 89 uh production run and it had like uh the aft cabin with the you know and then the, the three two twos were similar uh but that the pearson you know pearson i just always thought had a better name for whatever reason yeah <laughs> i don't know if that's true or not but i saw one we raced against one in one of those sippy cups and after i saw it in person i'm like that's what i want you know and uh, I actually looked at one in Haver de Grace when Tidewater still had a brokerage. They had one there. Yeah. And I was like, man, you know, if I just had the spare whatever, $30,000 or whatever it was. And uh, that's kind of when I looked at this O'Day, I'm like, well, man, this is really close to that kind of layout. And it's got the sugar scoop. It's like I said, it had the hot water heater. It had all the extra bells and whistles. It was just in poor condition. You know, it'd been right. sitting around for eight years or whatever so uh but when i saw that i was like man you know that i could really get into this kind of layout and i still love that for that layout for uh for like a bay boat you know what i mean yeah now, if i were planning on on living aboard or, or uh you know doing more voyaging type stuff obviously then that changes the the whole scheme of things <laughs> right yeah and i and i think that's one of the things that that you have to be realistic about how you're going to use the boat 
right? You hear yeah, a lot yeah. of people talking about, well, I want to get a blue water boat, blah, 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 blah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but right. they never they never go out of the bay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which right, is yeah, okay. Yeah. If, if that's what they want, that's wonderful, right? Yeah, but yeah. think about what how you're actually going to use the boat because these boats are designed with different parameters in mind. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, and, sure. and, and, you know, they, they behave differently. <laughs> oh, for sure. And how much of a project do you want? You know, right. Because... <laughs> how much of a project do you want? <laughs> you know, the bigger the boat, everything gets exponentially more expensive and, and harder to deal with, you know. That's right. So That's right. And I don't care whether it's a new boat or an old boat, there's going to be projects. Well, I have a listener in uh, San Francisco area, and, and I'm trying to remember the boats that she bought, but I think... The first time she reached out, she was, I think it was some kind of Genoa or whatever, something in the mid 40s. And, uh, you know, her plan was to, you know, she wanted to go cruising around, I don't know about around the world, but definitely do some far distance cruising. And for whatever reason, she was kind of still stuck at the dock after like a year or two. And she's like, things are just breaking. Yeah. <laughs> like the yeah. deck is spongy and, and whatever. Like she was finding all these problems. And, uh, she basically reached out like to me and like, I think Matt Rutherford, cause he was a broker at the time and was asking him all kinds of questions about what kind of boat do you think I should get? And she ended up going with an older, again, I don't know if it was a passport or what the boat was off the top of my head, but more of a traditional like blue water boat, not necessarily a production boat, you know? Yeah. And now she's finally off cruising. I don't think they got much further than, going around San Francisco at this point, but you know, yeah. it's not because of the boat because she fixed everything. Right. <laughs> she had a punch list and decided I'm going to get an older boat and I'm going to fix all this stuff, but it's going to last once I'm done with it, you know? Right. And that's kind of where she's at now, because if she was still chasing a spongy deck after five years, you know, who knows? And I think that's kind of what happened to, uh, if you ever watched uh, sailing nervous, Yes. Guy named yes. Ian yes. They were from this area, and I got latched onto him pretty early on because he looked at some of the marinas around and some of the boats. Like one of the boats yes. he looked at, actually in my yacht club right now, sitting on stands for the last five years. Anyway, like they went south. They did the whole thing. You know, they sold their stuff. They got on the boat. They went south, and they had all these problems, and it came down to like where the, the mast was stepped and the whole support structure of the boat. And I don't even know what the resolution was, but the, the resolution ultimately was they got rid of the boat and they're not doing it anymore. You know right. what I mean? Right. So again, it comes down to what you're willing to deal with, I guess, uh, and what you're actually going to use it for. Right. Yeah. I, I think you're, you're spot on. It, it really has yeah. to do how, be realistic about how you're going to use it and be really yeah. realistic about the amount of time you have to give it. Oh yeah, and 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 the skill level you have for fixing things. Well, um, and even my boat, like like I said, I tried to launch it four times before I finally got it squared away. And I mean, I inspected everything before I bought it, and I'm like, well, all right, you know, it's dirty. It it's I can get the motor running. I'm pretty sure, you know, the staying or the running rigging I can replace. That's not a problem. You know, I called the, the rigging people to come check my uh, standing rigging, and they said, you got to replace this, you got to replace that, whatever. I'm like, all right, that's just money. You know what I mean? Sure. So, and the boat kept sinking, and I'm like, what the hell's going on? You know, I ended up having to figure out how to jack the, the deck up so I could get the compression post out so that I could get to the one bolt 
that's underneath the compression post that you can't get any other way, you know, plus you have to buy a torque wrench and an 18 inch extension and a deep ratchet. And, you know, that's $200 worth of tools just to get at the bolts, you know? Right. And then I had to, cause the thing was when I lifted it out of the water that first time it was filling up, I saw water running out of the keel, like wow. from inside. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, that's not good, you know? <laughs> so I had to figure out a way to lift it up. We, we, got the compression post out of the way. I didn't undid all the bolts. We got the boat lift trailer underneath it, kind of lifted it straight up. And, and then the keel was just kind of sitting there. And, you know, I had to figure out all that just on my own because I can't pay anybody to come do any of that, you know, right. and then I had to replace all the through hulls, <laughs> which I thought I did. And then the last time around, I'm like, oh, I forgot the one under the galley sink. You know, that's the one that's leaking. <laughs> of course. So, you know, you're, you got to just remember things aren't going to go as planned, number one. And if you think it's going to cost you $5,000 to fix the boat, double it, and then double the time you think it's going to take. Yeah. <laughs> and there's Boy, still going to be something wrong, but, you know, you could probably right. live with that. You know, what can you live with? What can you put the boat out in? And just actually get it in the water and have it on a mooring so you can at least enjoy it, even if you're not going sailing. Uh, versus what do you got to do on land? You know, the sails, the first time I went sailing, I'm like, well, these sails are roached pretty hard. But I was like, in hindsight, I should have bought a new main first, but I ended up buying a new jib first. And uh, then my main ripped out the following year. And it's like, well, I guess I got to replace that one too, you know. And uh, so it's a process and it's all kind of what have you, what are you, I remember one of my listeners, Mike, reached out. He, he had bought like a pace ship 23, and uh, he was just like, you know, there's too many projects. It's it's leaking this. It's doing that. It's doing that. He's like, I just want a boat that I can turn the key and go. And he ended up buying like a McGregor 26 with the big engine on the back or whatever. But it was fairly new. And he's like, great. I don't have any projects. I turn the key. The engine starts. I go. You know, I put the sail on. Right. You know, and right. now he's on a, in an, into a catamaran. So that must have been successful. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's can you afford to get a turnkey boat? And even if it's turnkey, does that really mean that you're going to have a project free existence? Uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah, and and you know this is this is one of those activities where, uh, depending upon your tolerance, I mean, you can sail with blown out sails, sail, yep. <laughs> right? Yep. Or or you can spend forty thousand dollars on mylar sails, <laughs> exactly, and the boat's still going to sail on either one of yeah, those. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. It, it sort of depends where you want to play in that spectrum. And, and you know, 
there's sort of safety things like, okay, making sure the boat's going to float and the standing rigging's not going to fall down. But yep. other things, you know, you don't, you may not have to fix. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and I still believe uh, I've had a couple of people ask me like suggestions on buying boats or whatever. Like, and I mean, I know boat prices have increased the last couple of years and there's more demand or whatever, but I'm a firm believer of like a $5,000 boat is always going to be a $5,000 boat, no matter what, you know, or a $3,000 boat is going right. to be a $3,000 boat. You, I mean, if, you, if you're looking at, at, at a budget and you're like, I don't have a lot of money to spend, I mean, you can get a smaller 18 to 22 foot Catalina for $4,000 and right. chances are the sales are going to work. And if you've got a trailer, you can either park it at your house or, or park it at one of these storage lots or whatever. And it's not going to cost you that much money. You know, yeah. we spend about right now, since I have a 30 foot boat. Uh, I'm spending like $1,200 a year to to keep my boat at the year at yacht club year round. I mean, what's it going to cost me if I want to go to ocean city or, or, uh, you know, some big Virginia beach or Myrtle beach for a week, you know, it's going to cost you 1500 bucks for a family. You know what I mean? If not right. 2000, you know what I mean? Right. Easy, easy. And I get yeah. sunsets and overnights and on the water, like for six months out of the year. <laughs> yeah. No, if, if, if you, if you want to do it low cost, you yeah. certainly can, right? My oh, first yeah. boat was a Catalina 22. Right. And we had that for like 30 years and it was oh, great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it and it was like I think I bought it for like 7. Yeah. And 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 30 years later sold it for like 6. <laughs> 6, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? It cost you $1000 for 30 years worth of Yeah, and yeah. and I don't think, you know, I I I don't even, I mean, I didn't change the sales. I didn't change any of the running rigging. I didn't change, <laughs> I didn't change anything right. on it. I think I, right. I, you know, that was it. I didn't even put bottom paint on it because it was in fresh water all the time. Fresh water. So yeah, yeah. it was just great. There's yeah. a, there's an old couple that uh, they bought a Catalina 22 specifically so they could trailer it to Florida. And they just basically went to RV camps and whatnot. And they would launch the boat park their truck and their trailer and they would go out for a week or two, come back, get on the trailer, drive somewhere else, camp out and just yeah. camp in the, in the, in the boat, you know, even yeah. though the mast was down or whatever. And, uh, they spent an entire or winter, I guess, you know, tripe traipsing around Florida in their 22 foot boat, you know, and, and it costs you a little bit of money to trailer it back and forth with lower gas mileage or whatever, but you're, you're just basically paying RV rates, you right. know, at campgrounds, you know, right. and then you can go out and go sailing for two, three weeks at a time, depending where you're at. So yep. that, there's definitely a, 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 you know, an argument to be made for go small. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially I agree. when you're starting out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, Jeff, we've been chatting for like an hour here. I think we should probably start wrapping her up here. Wrapping her up. Cool. Yeah. So, well, hey, I really, I really appreciate uh, getting together and seeing you eyeball to eyeball and, and yeah, chatting yeah. with you and getting to know you a little bit better. Yeah, definitely. Before you go, I just uh, you're talking about Narragansett Bay. And yeah. uh, so what is what is a quick description of your home sailing grounds and what kind of sailing do you end up doing? Mostly just evenings, yeah. weekends. Yeah. So uh, we're at the we're at the north north end of Narragansett Bay uh -huh. um, and uh, it's about a. For us, it's about a three to four hour sail to Newport. 
Okay. You know, Newport's sort yeah. of your equivalent of Annapolis. Annapolis, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, right. Uh, with, and the prices are probably about the same. Same, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, uh, so we have our we have our boat and marina. Uh-huh. So what we typically do, so we belong to one of the safe harbor marinas. So right. safe harbor is this private equity firm that bought up a whole pile of marinas. Right. And right. Uh, so our boats at one of those, mainly it's at that marina because my son, I have two sons and, uh-huh. and my younger son lives a five minute walk from that marina. Oh, wow. Nice. And he likes to sail. So, you know, yeah. it's just, it's perfect. So perfect. anyway, uh, if you belong, if you keep your boat at a safe harbor marina, you can stay at any other safe harbor marina for free. Oh, wow. Like a transient. So, yeah, like yeah. a transient. Exactly. And, you know, they have an app for making online reservations and stuff. Now, it's on a as available basis, right. of course. Right, right. But right. I'll tell you, you know, New England, it's four or five bucks a foot for, oh, for yeah, yeah, a yeah. slip. Right. Bet, and yeah. my boat, my boat's 45 feet long. So you can do that arithmetic. <laughs> I mean, I, I can stay in a hotel. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. In a nice exotic resort. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so that, so what we end, what we end up doing mostly uh, uh, to my wife and I. Uh, and so we, maybe a, my, one of my sons comes with us and his family. Uh, right, sometimes right. the grandkids come with us. So we right. end up going marina to marina. Right. Uh, it works out great. You know, we go sail for five or six hours, yep. stop at a marina. Most right. of these marinas have swimming pools. So if the grandkids are with us, that's great for them. You yep. can get yep. off the boat. You know, mm-hmm. we can plug in. So if it's really hot, I can run the air conditioning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. You know, and they have nice. I mean, our boat's got two two heads on it and two showers, but you know, the, the, the shower up at the marina is always bigger and nicer. Sure, exactly. So, so that's basically what we do uh-huh. is, is we sort of bop around from marina to marina. Uh-huh. Uh, and sometimes that means stay, some of these marinas have moorings. So we'll, we'll hop on a mooring. Uh, yeah, yeah. And like I said, when I anchor out, I never sleep well. <laughs> if, if I'm right. anchoring out on your boat, I'll sleep yeah, like yeah. a baby. Maybe, but if yeah. I'm on my boat. Because you're I, not responsible. Right. I just I don't care about anchor alarms. I don't care about any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I just I just don't sleep well. So I, we have figured out our niche, right? Yeah, yeah, our yeah. niche is fundamentally day sales and yeah. hopping from marina to marina. Uh my son, my older son and I and a uh, for one week and a different a, fr- a friend of mine from skiing. Yeah. On a different week, uh, we we went out. So I went out on two separate weeks, two separate mm-hmm. occasions for a week with my son once, and then with my friend, where yeah. we we did some more adventurous sailing. Right, we went yeah. longer distances, got outside right. of the bay, etc. Yeah. My 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 wife does not like big rollers. Right, right. so yeah. she's she, and that's you know we know that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. why why push it? Right, why, yeah, why yeah, ever yeah. be miserable? That makes any right, sense. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I would love to. I would love to if I could get one talk one of my sons into you know taking a month off from work. I'd I'd love to like go down to the Chesapeake or go up to Maine or something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. I'm I'm willing to do that, and I got a beautiful boat for doing it. But oh, yeah. uh, it's still it works out great. Yeah, what yeah. we're doing. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we we should do this again sometime down the road, and we can uh, flesh it out a little bit more. Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to do that. Uh, it was a real pleasure chatting with you. Yeah, and uh, I really enjoyed it, Jeff. Say hi to your uh, co-host for me. What is that, Mike? Oh, yeah. 
Mike. He's yep. Germany, Mike. right? He's in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Knows nothing about dynamic. sailing. Yeah, I right. know. It's quite the dynamic. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's when a lot I, of fun. When I started my podcast, I thought and felt that I needed somebody to bounce things off of. So that's why my friend Chris is uh, Chris Smoker is my co-host, even though he's very rarely on the podcast. But it's kind of like yeah. a, a uh, you know, he's like part of the crew. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's on masthead because he was there at the beginning. Because literally the first couple episodes was literally me and him sitting around the fire in the middle of winter at my yacht club talking about what I wanted to do with the podcast. Because right. <laughs> I didn't right. think me speaking into the microphone and just yammering on was going to be successful. So kind of yeah. drug him into it. And then, uh, you know, after the first couple episodes, I got more comfortable. And, you know, he still comes on from time to time if we have something going on or he comes sailing with me or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it's always nice to have a compatriot. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's, wor it's worked out well. So he and I both were professors, business school professors. Okay. And uh, he left where we were at and uh -huh. moved to Germany. And he's a professor over there. And, nice. and after he left, we started a business podcast. Because okay. we wanted to kind of keep working together, and we really clicked when he was. We were working at the same place, so we yeah, started yeah. this business podcast. Same format. I typically yeah. do an interview, and then he and I sort of do an intro and a summary. And and it. then after I got the boat, I said, I think I want to start a sailing podcast. Right. And I said, Mike, why don't why don't you be on the podcast with me? Because it was working really well. He goes, But I know nothing about sailing. I go, That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. And That's it, awesome. it's. Yeah, it seems to work out okay, but that's that's how that that's the story on how it ended up being that way, right? Oh yeah, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, but yeah. Basically, in lieu of him, then you know, I wrote my wife into it on occasion, so you know, I have somebody to blather on with, you know, right. instead of just at. So, right. uh, but yeah, it's great meeting you, and uh, I've enjoyed your podcasts over the years. I'm gonna try and I have now that I have like an hour drive to work and. I'm constantly in the van driving around Baltimore, which I think you can imagine what the traffic's like. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, so I'm kind of working my way through the ones I haven't it, on all fronts, you know what yeah. I mean? What I haven't been able to keep up with. So yeah. try and get yours into the mix. And, and cause I did listen to the one you had with uh, Simon and uh, Sawyer. Sawyer. Yeah. 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 So I listened to those, the, the most recent ones that were up. So listen to those. And then we had what Shay love was on mine and yeah. yours. Yeah. Peter That's Gibbons right. Neff was on yours yeah. and mine. Yeah. Uh, Scott Wells, I think was he on yours? Yeah. Scott Wells. Was, yeah. He was on mine and he lives right down the road from me and, and uh, at the club, you know what I mean? So uh, he's always a good one to chat with. So anyway, yeah, yeah it's been great uh, talking to you and listening to your podcasts and hopefully we can keep doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> let me, uh, let me uh, stop recording here and uh, right. we'll, we'll uh, let me do sure. that. Well, Bela, this really wasn't an interview, was it? Really, it was more like a, a conversation between two old friends, and I really liked the back and forth. Now, it seems to me that you two have a somewhat different approaches to sailing. What do you see are the main similarities and differences in your approaches both to sailing and to podcasting? Well, <laughs> that's a good question, Mike. Uh, I think one of the biggest things is Jeff works. <laughs> he he's, has a full-time job, and I'm retired. So I have a lot of flexibility in sort of when I go sailing and even when I'm sailing, if the weather's not great, you know, I can sit in, I can sit in the Harbor a day. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, so I have a lot more flexibility and a lot more time 
to sort of tailor what I'm going to do so I'm doing it when it's enjoyable to me uh, and not driven by time constraints. I think that's the biggest biggest observation that I have. And, you know, I've been retired now three years, a little over three years. And, you know, that I, I can look back prior to being retired and say, okay, this is the week we're going sailing. If it's going to, if it rains all week, we're still sailing. <laughs> well, now if it looks like it's going to rain all week, I stay home. <laughs> I'm not going to go sailing. We'll go the following week. And so I think that's, that's a big piece of it. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, he sails on a Chesapeake Bay. I've, we've sailed down there a fair amount. We've chartered down there a bunch of times. It's a great place to sail. It's a lot bigger than uh, Narragansett Bay, which is where, where I'm at. Uh, Narragansett Bay is like, I think, 35 miles long or something like that. It's pretty small where Chesapeake's over 100. So it's got a lot of great places. Uh, I don't know. What struck you as sort of the differences in our sailing style? Yeah, definitely kind of the scope of the the trips that you take, right? You've done a lot more long distance sailing and been out on the ocean a lot more. But again, that's a function of you having time, right? And you having the the size and type of boat that you've got that's pretty flexible. You know, you can do small day, you know, one day sails with that and be really comfortable or you can take it on a longer trip and and be fine with it. So, yeah, I think, you know, the 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 main difference from what I saw is just kind of how you use the boat and what type of of sailing that you actually do. But I think the commonality was just that you both love what you do and you love sharing it with people that you care about and you're both curious and want to learn always and really like to share what you learn with other people. And, you know, we've always said this is kind of this really cool element that, you know, from my outside perspective runs through a lot of the sailing community is this willingness to share and this willingness to give advice and this willingness to help and this willingness to build a community. And I think you've both done that not only through your sailing, but also through your podcasting and, you know, through using the podcast as a platform to connect um, with people and connect other people with other people and kind of build this ecosystem of people that care about each other and, and want each other to be safe and have fun and um, and enjoy, you know, doing this this um, this whole cool idea of, uh, you know, environmentally friendly travel, right, in a in a place in a way that you can get to know places and people and cultures, whether it's a long way away or right down the road. Um, or, you know, across the bay, you, you really have this cool opportunity. So I saw a lot of differences and similarities, but this kind of common core of, I think, uh, curiosity and learning and sharing. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, and we've talked about this before. One of the things that I really love about sailing, and as you know, I, I fish as well. I'm a fly fisher, I fly fish mainly. And b- both of those sports, as I like to say, are look much harder than they really are. In a half hour, I can get you to cast a fly rod and go fly fishing. In a half hour, Mike, I can get you to go sail my boat. Maybe not dock it, but I can get you to <laughs> sail it. <laughs> right? Don't run uh, it aground, Mike. Yeah. yeah. And, and and but if you want, you can spend the rest of your life learning about the fine points and the subtleties about these various different sports. So you can go. You can. This is interesting to me because you can dive in as deep as you want or as shallow as you want and have, and for some people that deep dive is the enjoyment. It's that learning part. That's really enjoyable. And to other, other people, they don't want to dive in deep, uh, but they can still enjoy it because you don't, you don't have to be super, super skilled at these various different things to enjoy those activities. So that, 
that's one thing that's always appealed to me. And you know what? I'm as I'm saying this, I'm thinking, well, you know, the same thing is true about podcasting, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we put in some time to this, but we haven't we haven't dived in really, really deep, and and we don't do a lot of post production stuff. We don't do a lot of those things. We just basic sort equipment. of do do this as basic, and it works out fine for us. So I like those types of activities where. Where you can, if you want, you can dive in deep, but if you don't want to dive in deep, you don't have to, and you can still have a great time. Yeah, well put. The other thing that you guys both have in common, I think, is this engineer or or kind of technically (laughs) oriented mindset. And I think that was one thing also that you share in terms of the problem solving and troubleshooting on the boat and this idea of working on one problem after the next in kind of a sequence and and doing things in an organized way. And I do think that helps in this, in in, in a, in a, a, a context like sailing. Um, where it is, even though it's just a simple boat that you f- floats on the water, there's a lot of interconnected systems. And if one of them screws up, you can put yourself and others at risk. So I do like the fact that both of you guys have this kind of systematic approach to sailing and making sure that, yeah, you have fun, but first and foremost, that the boat is sailworthy and the, right. the you and the people on the boat are safe. And, and then the fun comes third, essentially, after it kind of you know, the, the other two priorities. So that was one thing that I had in common, but I think it's really cool that you two guys could connect. And I guess I really agree with what you said early on in the conversation about how amazing it is that, you know, even 10 years, I think it was, or 15 years ago, you were saying, you you couldn't produce and distribute this kind of material so easily to people. You had to go check a book out of the library, or maybe you'd catch a TV show or, Oh, remember VCR tapes. You could, you know, go to the the library or the video store and get a video on this, but it's so easy now to share information. And you two guys have both taken that to, you know, kind of a really cool level of getting people interested and engaged in, in sailing. So I thought that was, that's a really cool commonality. And it was kind of neat to hear the two of you, um, kind of go at it a little bit and, and, and share swap stories and, yeah. And share your philosophies. Yeah. Well, I had a lot of fun talking to Jeff. Uh, I've been a long time listener uh, uh, to his podcast. Um, it was one of the very first sailing podcasts that I started listening to. So I've, I've sort of uh, known and admired Jeff for a long time. And then, you know, I actually got to talk to him and stuff and, and see him on the video and, and have a great conversation with him. So I really enjoyed it. It was wonderful. Cool. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Time to wrap this one up. Sounds good to me. All right, listeners, thanks for joining us for yet another episode. We hope that you found the conversation today interesting and thought-provoking as we did. If you have questions about what we've discussed today, please, as always, feel free to get in touch with us. Our email is sailingtheeast, that's all one word, at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, hit that follow button on your podcasting application and tell one of your friends. We'd love to have them listen to the show as well. So signing off until next time. Uh, See you soon, Mike. Thanks, Bela, from over here in Münster, Germany. Auf Wiedersehen.